0: Okay, good morning, good to see everyone. Uh, Welcome to uh, Delray Baptist Church's uh, class on discipleship and evangelism. Uh, This morning, we're going to have this class into two parts. Uh, This part will be about maybe 20 minutes or so, and then Jason Engler will come up and he will uh, do the class on uh, discipleship on the back end. And we will have time for questions as we go along, but we're also gonna try to leave about 15 minutes toward the end for uh, overall questions. So I'm gonna open us in prayer and uh, get us started. Holy and gracious Father in heaven, you are the great I am. You are the one true and living God. You are the one in which all of our hopes rest. This morning we know that your presence inhabits your people. Your presence through the power of your Holy Spirit guides us and gives us wisdom, gives us peace in the midst of troubled times. We ask that as we endeavor to go into your word and look at what it says about evangelism and sharing your word, and also the importance of discipleship and the growth of your people, we ask that you would give us what we need this morning to know rightly how to go about these two things. We praise you and we ask this in the name of your son Jesus, amen. All right. Well, Christians are commanded to disciple all nations and to teach all that Jesus commanded. Uh, That is what we are to do, that's how we are to live. And I'm gonna ask someone if they could read Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Um, If you have that real quickly, sure, Jason, if you could read that.
1: And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you and behold, I'm with you always to the
0: end of the age. So this command from Jesus is the last recorded message in Matthew. It's the last thought that Matthew wants the readers of this book to remember as Jesus commanded all nations to hear this message, to hear his message, that those who believe and are baptized, they are to be discipled according to all that he has commanded. So in order to obey our redeemer, we must understand the gospel. So I'm going to ask a simple question this morning. What is the gospel? Can someone in the class briefly share what the gospel is? I'm sure everyone can, or most. You look like you're ready. Okay, give us the gospel.
1: So we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and since we are alienated and totally dead apart from him, God sent his only son into the world uh, to basically die, pay for our sins, and live the righteous life um, so that we can live forever with him.
0: All right. That was quick. That was simple. He must have had my notes because he hit all the, the points of the gospel here for us to understand. And so now, someone could look at Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13. Turn there real quickly. Romans 10, verses 9 through 13. Oh, right, we got one over there. Okay. 10 through
1: 13.
0: No, 9 through 13.
1: heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved for the scripture says everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all bestowing his riches on all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved
0: so we see this passage teaches and it tells us that we are to confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God has raised him from the dead and we might be saved. Maybe we're saved, no, we will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let's look at John three sixteen. Can someone quickly turn there and read that? Or even recite it, maybe. Absolutely. God loved us so much that he sent his only son so that anyone who believes on Jesus will have this eternal life. Let's also look at Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Someone read that for us. And these passages are in the handout on the outline. So you'll know where I'm going next. been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. a gift of God, not a of works, so that no one may boast. Right, so no one may boast. It's by grace that we have been saved through faith. This is an important, essential aspect of knowing the gospel. Romans 10 9 through 13, John 3 16, Ephesians 2 8 9. There are many other passages of Scripture that show us the way of salvation. So now we're going to pivot into evangelizing. Uh, Can someone in the class here explain briefly what it is to evangelize? I'm sure Nick can. (laughs)
2: Yeah, to evangelize
1: just means to share the evangel, the good news of the gospel with -hmm. someone else.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Preaching the gospel. Um, and in order to preach it, we have to understand what it is. And this and we just in, in this class in a few minutes, just briefly explained what this gospel truth is. And by the way, if anyone's in here does not believe or you came in here, your friend brought you a cousin or a relative, and you're just wondering uh, what we're talking about here, uh, this truth can give you eternal, Life. And if now if you're, you're wrestling with these, these thoughts, uh, we ask that you would maybe ask someone in the class later about this truth about how your sins may be forgiven and how you may have this eternal life and w- walk with Jesus in faith. Amen? All right. So we can learn about evangelism by looking at Matthew 28, 19 through 20. And so this passage here we've already talked about. We've already already recited it and read it. And this is um, the Lord commanding and teaching us to disciple all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that he's commanded. So we have to understand the gospel. We have to understand that God has commanded us to go to all the nations. And we have to go. We can't go to where we're not willing to go and we can't teach what we don't know. There's a, there's, a, there's a, I think a famous saying, "We can't teach what we don't know and we cannot preach what we will not go. So we have to be willing to go. We have to understand what we are sharing with others. That's what the heart of evangelism, at least where it starts. Um, Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 20. Can someone turn there real briefly? 2 Corinthians five
2: twenty. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on
1: behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God.
0: Yes. See, we see here it says, we are ambassadors for Christ. Imagine, uh, imagine Nick, you're an ambassador of the for the United States, and you're you're in Canada. Right, I'm just using because you're here, right? Okay, and so and you go over and you're there. You're not cloaked in some kind of um, camouflage so that the Canadians don't know that you're an ambassador. You're going there as an ambassador. You're carrying the the flag and you're representing uh, the United States. And so the Canadians say, "Oh, there's a representative. He's not um, hiding himself. He's not cloaking himself. He is not an undercover." Uh, ambassador, but he is upfront and saying, this is what we represent. Well, in a similar way, but a more full way as Christians, we are to carry the flag of Christ everywhere we go and to represent him in this way that's even more full and more advantageous for our souls and for others. All right, now sharing the gospel with Christians, we're gonna to go to, um, John chapter 14 verses 1 through 11. Uh, if someone can turn there, and we're going to talk about the importance of sharing the gospel with Christians, with close friends, with people we do not know. So there's three people we're, we're, we're thinking about here. OK? Those who already claim to be Christians, those who are close friends, and then people who don't know. The gospel someone could read uh, John 14 verses 1 through 11 I know it's a long passage but you'll see where we're going here with these 11 verses or I can read it if no one else will John 14 verses 1 through 11
2: so that where I am, you may be also. You know the way to where I am going. Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Lord, said Philip, show us the Father and that's enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been among you all this time, and you do not know me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words I speak to you I do not speak on my own. The Father who lives in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is." because
0: of the works themselves now if you go back to John chapter 1 verse 43 this is the first encounter that Philip has with Jesus he's been walking with Jesus all this time from John chapter 1 all the way to John chapter 14 yet he's asking these questions he's asking these questions and so this is an indicator here where Jesus responds to him shows us that we are to hear the word of God over and over and over and over. Because even here, Philip is asking these questions. Jesus like, you've been with me so long? And so, why do we come every Sunday? Why do we gather together? Why do we have Bible studies throughout the week? Why do, over and over, even last night with one of my children, the gospel again, this is an older, child but again sharing the gospel again and again and again and this is something that we have to be ready to do eager to do jesus did it himself so when it comes to evangelizing it's not just focusing on those who don't know it's living the gospel every day with those who are even close with us and repeating it over and over and over again. Alright, let's look at Titus chapter two verses one through eight. If someone could read that.
1: But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-control, sound in faith and love In your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing to say, nothing evil to say about us.
0: So we see here an example of men discipling and growing other men, women discipling and growing other women. This should be natural. Uh, at the same time, um, you know, if there is a man who shares the gospel or, or disciples. Uh, a woman, a woman, a man, sharing with a man. For, for example, I would even say this past week, I had a, a co worker who I knew, who's a, a former co worker of mine who retired. And she's a very strong Christian. And so, um, you know, we keep in touch. And, you know, she's like my mother's age, like she's in her late 70s or something. And just, I was sharing some things with her about just something going on with my family. And she was, in a sense, um, giving me biblical wisdom because while she's gone through things with her older children that I'm going through with my children who are uh, younger uh, adults. But the point is is that it should be natural. Um, It normally should be men uh, discipling other men. It normally should be women discipling other women. Um, And at any rate, it should be organically natural to give these truths out, to grow each other in the faith. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, verse 15 reads, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. We're always to be ready to share the gospel with anyone that we encounter. All right. Now, what does it mean to disciple? I'm gonna ask this real quickly to someone, uh, we talked about the gospel, we talked about evangelism, what does it mean to disciple? I know you're going to get into it in a few minutes here, so hold maybe it. you don't answer. Hold no, it in. Hold, hold it in. It. Okay, but someone else. What does it mean to disciple?
2: To help
1: someone follow Jesus. Helps
0: absolutely. help someone to follow uh, the Lord. If you look at Galatians chapter one verse eighteen. Um, it talks about that three years, three. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him 15 days. This is talking about Paul. Um, and it's widely believed that Paul spent these three years being discipled by Gamaliel, uh, Acts chapter 22, verse three. And Paul <coughs> still needed to be discipled. So, Paul, who had all of this understanding of God's word, then he's transformed and changed, we know, on the road to Damascus. And then he spends three years being discipled. We see that in Acts chapter 22, verse 3. And then we see in 1 Timothy chapter, um, chapter 1 that Paul is discipling Timothy. So we have Paul learning from, from others, and then, disi- and then now he's discipling, um, Paul's discipling Timothy. We see that there he calls him his true child in the faith all right this last section here before i hand it off to jason Um, how evangelism and discipleship go together well normally okay evangelism we talked about the fact that it is giving the gospel it is giving the gospel truth that's evangelism and discipleship is showing someone how to live the gospel like nick said it is it is showing how how we live the gospel Um, people see that in our daily lives and then we have to audibly say that and I think it's often said that um, uh, you should live the gospel and if possible use if necessary use words I I don't know if I'm not really a fan of that of that statement necessarily because (laughs) we're supposed to use words and we're supposed to lean into using words but at the same time our words have to be consistent with the lifestyle we're living so discipleship is, is showing someone, literally speaking it, telling people this is how you should live, correcting people when they're straying, encouraging them when they're uh, living uh, according to what God's word says, um, but also demonstrating that in the lifestyle. One rarely exclusively does one without the other. You may be sitting here today and you may say, uh, you know, discipleship, that's not my spiritual gift, or or missions is not my spiritual gift. Well, we're all supposed to be on mission. We're all supposed to be on discipleship. That's our, that's our task. And so we should be thinking in the terms of the fact that we are, we should be dis, being discipled. So if you, if you think just briefly here, of maybe two or three people who are discipling you. Mm-hmm. And then you should be discipling at least two or three others. Right, at least when we say discipleship, it should be close relationships where they understand your walk, where you are, and you're able to share. If you're going, if sins, we're, we're all going to, going through sins. We need prayer. We need correcting. We need to be willing to be corrected. We need to be willing to be corrected, and then also pouring into others so that they can know the way to go. Right? Okay. So I did that and I have maybe two minutes to spare for some quick questions. But if you don't have questions, that is absolutely fine because I gotta pass this off to Jason.